Space witch, the silly space witch. I'm the Messiah <laughs> and, and the Lord uh, Himself. Yes, uh, today, if you couldn't tell, we are talking about Dune, the latest attempt at recreating uh, Frank Herbert's novel. The this time, attempt, the third attempt. Yes, and this time third. by Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. and then we'll be getting into uh, the world of Alejandro Jodorowsky in the second half with the Holy Mountain and a documentary about his attempt. To recreate <laughs> um, that never All really saw the light crazy of day. Ideas. Yeah, but um, of course, before the reviews, we have the news. So, what's what's the latest, folks? A lot has happened. Listen, I just want to uh, kind of shit on uh, David Gordon Green. For a bit. <laughs> he's st- he's sitting right here next to us. So <laughs> I, I would say this to his face because you know what? <laughs> this feels like when a friend like falls off because uh, I wanted like the best for him. He used to do these like stoner comedies. He did a Pineapple Express, which is a movie I love. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, me and my brothers would sit around and watch Pineapple Express. Yeah. I loved that movie. Uh, and I always think it's interesting when a comedian ventures over into horror. Uh, we're going to be getting deeper into this on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be having a Halloween spooktacular, yeah. the mm-hmm. adventures of Michael Myers throughout his many timelines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But basically, he had some small success with the 2018 Halloween movie, and then he's kind of fallen off with the the new one. Halloween Kills is a lot of problems. I'm not going to get into them we'll here. We'll talk about but it next week. He's like the J.J. Abrams of, of horror right mm-hmm. now. They gave him a new Exorcist trilogy mm-hmm. where he's going to do what he did with Halloween, bring back all the actors from the original Exorcist. Which doesn't even really make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. For the context of The Exorcist. It doesn't at all. Which is a movie that doesn't need a sequel but has 500 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, Halloween also doesn't need a sequel, but like, what are they going to do? Pazuzu's been like waiting around mm-hmm. for forty he, years. Pazuzu is old. Yeah. He's going to come back Michael Myers style. Right. That's that's all I can really because like, why are you going to bring back all these actors unless the exact same thing happens? Mm-hmm. Like Linda Blair just becomes possessed again. But you know what? It doesn't matter. He's also doing a Hellraiser show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hellraiser has a few things going on right now, but he just. Halloween Kills is really, he's starting to show his lack of imagination, Damn, his, huh? his kind of lack We're, of yeah. uh, tact. So this I, is nice. I'm excited to listen to uh, Dan um, tear apart every person that isn't John Carpenter uh, next time we talk. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the first Halloween movie by David Gordon Green. Um, it's very, I do too. It's, I do very too. it's very not John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um it's not even playing John Carpenter's yeah. like hits. It's mm-hmm. just a different approach to that world. And um, it feels like a stoner comedy. It but, does. But it's a, it's a good mix because the rest of it feels pretty dark and elemental. And mm-hmm. I've yet to see uh, the <laughs> Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills, Kills is full but, on stoner comedy. But I have the seen the, the, the moment where uh, that Dan put into the chat where a woman yeah. is approaching with a, a firearm. It is very and, stupid. And Michael Myers kicks the door and she shoots herself. <laughs> I, I, all I'm going to say is Halloween fans kind of suck now because they, they've gaslit themselves mm. into thinking that this has always been like a, a dumb thing mm. where it's just about a guy going around killing people. They're, they're kind of selling themselves short. Because mm. I think if you're really a Carpenter fan, you know that's There's, not really... Yeah. 
the point. Well, you know what's, uh, what's wild, Dan? And we're going to get into this a lot next next time we talk. Um, Movie Bob, who's a YouTuber I really dig, um, talked about the fact that the reason Halloween, the original, works is because you know nothing about Michael Myers. Right. You know, literally, not, there's no it's mythology. It's structuralist. Mm-hmm. It, it's structuralist, uh, and that's why it works. And he was like, it actually, the more you know about him and the more mythology you try to pack on to yeah. him and Laurie, the less interesting they get because they weren't created to be uh, mythological figures. And, and the David I mean? Gordon Green stuff is falling into a weird place where he doesn't want to really get into why Michael does what he does. They add some lore, mm-hmm. but it's mostly Michael lumbering around, mm-hmm. slashing people, and Jamie Lee Curtis monologuing mm-hmm. in a hospital bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is it is the most like not thought out Halloween movie maybe ever. That's unfortunate. It's on par with like Resurrection in terms of just no thought going into it. Well, now this this uh, Gordon Green Hellraiser solo. adaptation is also <laughs> is also coming uh, on the heels of an announcement of a series coming to Hulu, yeah, yeah. as I understand, with a with a different uh, from a different director. The, a different the Hulu team. thing is is a movie, and the HBO thing is a show. Oh, I see. Oh, you're yes, that's yeah. correct. The yeah. HBO thing will probably be more successful. I, I'm more excited for that, even though it's. I mean, even though I think David Gordon Green is kind of a hack. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Clive Barker thing, I think, is just a remake of the original Hellraiser. Oh, so, so, so this feature Hulu, film. Yeah, this so. comes from DreadCentral.com. Uh, first up will be Hulu's feature film adaptation of Clive Barker's right. The Hellbound Heart. Oh, um, I see, I see, I see. And he, Barker's also attached to produce. He's a producer. Yeah, he just got the rights back. So that's the one he. Uh, that's why it's called Hell. It's probably gonna be called Hellbound. And not Maybe. Hellraiser, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because if, if Clive Barker just got the rights back to that book, there, there's a chance that the I mean, it's with all the horror things. It's like the rights get split, and mm-hmm. it's, it splits along the lines of names. Like Hellraiser goes back, particularly with horror. I, yeah, I wonder yeah. what that is. There's Friday always the some weird rights. Yeah, for, we talked about it mm-hmm. last time Friday, Child's Play. You know but this happens. this seems to suggest Wes that uh, that Gordon Green's version is is much earlier along in production. Anyway, that it actually started sooner than. Also, you can you can look this up. Every Texas Chainsaw uh, installment is owned by a different studio. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Every studio buys the the rights and then makes one movie and, and sells it off. You know what? It might be though, been. guys. It may be that these horror movies, especially these slashers, even though Hellraiser isn't really a slasher movie, um, needed funding very fast and would go and probably. I mean, this happened with uh, Halloween. This is why the rights got tied up for a second. That's true. You they just they just get producers who take chunks out of the the. the the pie and then 30 years later when it's a franchise you're like well hold on I have 30% of mm-hmm. Halloween you know what I mean that's what happened with Friday yeah yeah, yeah. so mm. yeah. they don't expect these things to take off that way you mm-hmm. think and then and then as they now we're in this era where things are getting rebooted and, and well, well franchises are more of a crutch mm-hmm. than ever yeah. I mean no one really wants to take a, a gamble on, on something that might be kind of expensive to produce mm-hmm. and doesn't really have any brand recognition mm-hmm. you know yeah. and isn't tied to mm-hmm. anything else yeah well, well put. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, uh, before we started recording, you played for us the trailer for <laughs> Michael Bay's next uh, Ambulance. <laughs> Ambulance. Uh, uh, this is going to be really I know, short, guys. I noticed that the L and the A are like the LA are guys, lit up. Guys, Michael Bay, I was just telling Dan this when I forced him to watch this trailer on my couch. Um, <laughs> Michael Bay, if nothing else, has just a distinct visual style you never have like a bad time no. watching his movies they're just f- kind of forgettable and kind of over the top someone was like uh on letterboxd reviewing like i think it was like pain and gain or whatever one of mm-hmm. his movies it was like they're jock movies they're jock movies and they're like the reviewer was like michael bay hates humanity and if you're okay with that 
then you'll love his movies. You know what I mean? Uh, and I and I, I genuinely think as a, as a stylistic director, Michael Bay has some incredible moments. Like mm-hmm. I think Bad Boys 2 is an amazingly well put together film, mm-hmm. uh, sure. even if the elements inside may not. Yeah, I mean, I love it's it. pretty funny. I like it's pretty funny. funny. Uh, but but like those Transformers movies visually look great, stunning. Uh, everything else, as far as the effects, yeah. as far as I mean, they, you know, they, Dan, think about how real those the, Transformers the second, look. The second one is fucking like yeah, yes, oh yeah, yeah. Well, when that's, you, that's unrelated. When, when, you, <laughs> when you said like his movies are never really bad, I was I immediately thought Revenge about of the that Fallen is, yeah. is bad. That's uh, a pretty tough one because uh, no, did I say they're not bad? Didn't I, you? I said they're they're not not entertaining. Okay, maybe that's what you, it was. You can yes. sit there and like laugh with friends yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, 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 uh, but Dan, think about how good the Transformers, like the physical Transformers yeah, look no, in those movies and versus the, how bad a robots look in the MCU. Yeah. 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 It's true. And 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 wasn't that first Transformers movie that was pre Iron Man, right? Was it? Or yeah, know, it was 07. As a, as a CGI sizzle reel. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. but as a movie that literally uh, shows you that Transformers have testicles, which is what happens in the second one. Weren't yes. they wrecking balls? Yeah. <laughs> and then John Turturro, uh, incredible, famed, acclaimed character actor, John Turturro has to say, I am directly underneath the creature's <laughs> <Balls>. scrotum. <laughs> and then and then Megan Fox is like, why am I in this movie? Yeah. Um, um, but Ambulance. Ambulance has Yaya uh, Abdul-Mateen and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is really playing... Uh, a Michael Bay protagonist. A man who does not shower. <laughs> well, so I wonder if he got home after this shoot every day with all the sweat he's caked in throughout the trailer and just, I'm cool with this. Kinda I think, he said, I think what Jake Gyllenhaal literally said was, I know Jake Gyllenhaal listens to this podcast. Uh, he's a number one fan. <laughs> he's a number one fan. He bought all the t-shirts. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he said that if he can see dirt on himself, then he'll shower. Then he'll shower. How dirty do you have to be to, yeah, to see it on yourself? <laughs> but, but then I started looking up like, pictures of him and he, he kind of looks, looks a like he doesn't greasy. shower yeah. a little yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i i uh, I, underst- <laughs> I understand <laughs> that in this movie he and yaya are like foster brothers or something like they grew up oh t- you got that from the trailer i thought that's what from the 30 seconds i watched before i skipped it on youtube the other night uh, I thought they were just buddy cops. Me too. It seemed like they have some sort of, oh, we, at least we grew up together kind of dynamic. Possible. And now he's like a veteran who, you know, it's one of those movies where it's about how America doesn't care about uh, soldiers after they're not on, you know, which the is battlefield. Michael which is, Bay's. Uh, yeah, that's his, his bread and butter. One of his themes. Um, yeah. And uh, well, I, guess th- I guess that's a valid theme. Sure. The only thing with me is that's always in kind of douchey movies. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that Benghazi movie he did. He, uh, but <laughs> John Krasinski, Ma- 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 Michael Bay, literally that that is probably his chief theme in his movies. Yeah. like no joke. Like even Military the Transformers reason. are soldiers. Like we're not even like those I'm not are even fucking dudes joke. rock movies. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even joking. The Transformers are soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> they can only function. Bumblebee They're cannot function in suburban life. Yeah, he can yeah. only function when he's blowing Doesn't Revenge of the Fallen open with like a big war on Cybertron yeah. and then yeah. being all like war torn yeah, yeah. and, and then having and it flee. cuts and Bumblebee is like a dog. Yeah, living in the. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> he's like living in the in the thing. Yeah. Um, and then like Shia LaBeouf gets attacked and he like jumps out of the yeah the yeah transforms. Um, this movie's gonna be bad. That was a great synopsis. Re- Bumblebee's a dog is living in the thing. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf jumps out of a thing and does a flip. <laughs> this movie's going to be bad. We will be reviewing it on the medium work. Okay, sure. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, uh, speaking of trailers, another thing that popped up that really grinded my gears, uh, uh, and 
I'm sorry, Wes, if this doesn't matter to you, but the Uncharted Holy shit. I so thought you were about to just casually mention the Alec Baldwin thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought that's what you Sorry if this grinds your gears, but murder. So the trailer for uh, the Uncharted film starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg uh, dropped this weekend. And before we get to let's say nice things. It looks let's great. Let's all say one nice thing. Uh, I love I love that uh, Tom Holland uh, knows how to shave his yeah. beard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can grow hair there, but if he can, he's really so, shaving well. Yeah, he looks yeah, like a little yeah, baby. All the time. Uh, I I like that it has Antonio Banderas. Does it? It does. He's the villain. Where, what? Yeah, he pops up for like half a second. No, Antonio Banderas him. is like, uh, he did Pain and Glory and was like, that is my prestige movie for the next 10 years. <laughs> I will take whatever money you have. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I know I recommended this saying nice things thing, but I'm but still kind of thinking here. <laughs> I, well, I while think, you think, Dan, maybe let me. The dead air is, yeah, 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 I was yeah, gonna yeah. say, let me let me give some context before we rip this thing apart as to how long this movie's been in production. <laughs> For like a decade, right? This movie's mm-hmm. gone through six directors, and, and Wahlberg was supposed to play. It's Nathan been Drake. long was, enough that was Wahlberg was supposed before, to be Nathan like, Drake. Nathan Drake was this greenlit like around the time the first game came out? Uh, no, no, two thousand eight. No. I remember. You know so, what, how I remember this? Remember Jeremy Jans, the YouTube yeah. uh, movie critic. Yeah. One of his first videos was about how Wahlberg was cast. In mm. Uncharted. How long ago was that? Oh, nine? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I'm reading this now from filmstories.co. Um, yeah, this, the That's development bizarre. on this started in 2000. It uses the word bizarre. What's bizarre is development started back in 2008, and now in 2020, the film has just lost its sixth director. This was uh, January 6th last year. David O. Russell, so Neil Berger, it. Seth Gordon, Sean Levy, Dan Trachtenberg, and Sean Travis Levy. Knight. What would that have been? That's a name. It's Sean Levy. Of Cheaper by the Dozen fame. Yeah. Uh, uh, the storyline shifted into a different direction. Uh, the screenwriter was brought in to craft a new script at the start of 2018, while Uncharted came to a standstill once again. Fan favorite choice, Nathan Fillion. Okay, so this is when, like, when yeah, Sean yeah. Levy was attached, this is when Nathan Fillion re- dropped his fan film. Wasn't wasn't the fan film uh, by a filmmaker who was trying to, like, has, have his name in the cards for this? Like, oh, was that the story? Maybe. I didn't. I didn't remember that. I just remembered it was like it was like a Philian concept for yeah. the for what for he would have done. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, obviously, like I was saying in, in the chat, like Nathan Fillion. If, for a fan film, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was well produced. Like if if Nathan Fillion were a bit younger and you know a bit more spry, he'd be perfect, obviously. But the casting of um, how old is old Drake man, in uh, Drake's uh, Fortune? That's the first one. I mean, I assume he's in like his early thirties. He's supposed to be like a like middle age by uh, like Tom Holland. Sand, Tom of Holland course. is in his early thirties. Stu- no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. He is. Fillion's kind of uh, stocky. I think if he just maybe slimmed down, he looked a little puffy. And, and yeah, he yeah. done it. I mean, isn't that character modeled after Fillion? It it looks like he yes. looks exactly yeah. like him. Yeah, that, it, that was it always the thing. Like they got N- Nolan North to voice him yeah. because Nolan North kind of has that yeah. same. Because Nolan North does all of Nathan Fillion's characters. <laughs> he, has, he has like a relatable, um, like charismatic loser bravado. Yeah, you know what I mean, I, that was back. I, Nathan Fillion, God bless him, really missed a few. Not missed, but like there were. He was really being fan cast as a lot of like superheroes and video game characters yeah, in was. the in the early two thousand tens. Is like. Hal Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate, uh, I saw him as Superman in a couple months. That would have been that would have been interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. But but because I don't think anyone dislikes Nathan. Jones. No, I think he's I, very I think charming. He's all but I think I think what happened was when he was at his like geek peak, like during Doctor Horrible, yeah. he uh, 
the and super- everyone loves to say that they watched Firefly before yeah. it was canceled. I didn't watch. <laughs> I'll be honest. Firefly I didn't watch fans. Firefly, uh, and I will not be watching Firefly. <laughs> uh, but but when he was at his peak, the MCU was just starting up. Yeah. You know, DC was in limbo. Like there weren't a lot of projects for him to be slotted into. Right. I'm he always sh- cameos and stuff. He's in think, Guardians. He cameos, he's in Guardians. Yeah, I think he cameos in Suicide Squad. He is. He, he gets. He's he's the, the guy the with the arm detachment. Oh, yes. I think I think if the MCU had started five years earlier and it survived, I think he would. I think yeah. he would have been Hawkeye or you know or Ant Man or something. You know what I mean? Like he would have yeah. been cast as a major player. I think. Yeah, yeah. You said wasn't. you said Hawkeye and Ant Man, and then you said <laughs> a major, major player. player. Well, well, I mean, but they are pretty. Ant Man's a major player now. Okay, yeah. and and I mean Hawkeye, you know, obviously spends that entire first movie under mind control, but mm-hmm. then by the second one, he he's he's pretty important. Um, by but the second I, one, they act like he was always he the was, center. <laughs> he's the moral center of the of the Avengers all of a sudden. But as far as this movie, yeah, I, I mean, as soon as they announced that Tom Holland was attached, I lost all interest. Yeah, I've always been someone who he thinks looks fourteen. Yeah, and and. I've said this to you, Dan, and a bunch of our friends before, but I think when you have a video game franchise that prides itself on being cinematic, removing the element of control from it makes Mm -hmm. it moot. Like, if you're just going to turn it into a real movie, then what's the point of... Uh, of it at all, like the, the only Uncharted one. is fun because you feel like you're playing exactly. a movie through a movie. Yeah, I, if the you only want to watch an Uncharted movie, watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, <laughs> the only one I could think, and you guys could disagree with me about this. The only one I could think would have cinematic potential, and I think it would be for a TV show, not a movie, is God of War, just because of the sure, density yeah. of that mythology. Yeah, um, I think you could turn that into a television show, but I, I otherwise. Assassin's Creed. Why would? Why does Assassin's Creed need a movie? Like, isn't Halo being adapted? It is. Why? Mario is being adapted with, <laughs> well, with, uh, with that, that famous Italian. Show. <laughs> Friend of the show, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt. <laughs> was that a joke headline? Where <laughs> we're like, no, that was real. <laughs> he's, he's not like, Italian he's, anymore. He's not he's Italian. He's a, he's a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that uh, uh, you know we we like to rip on Chris Pratt for being Republican on this show, and I like to think that he saw Mario's design and said, "Hey, red and blue." The, a red hat so with an M on it, like, like MAGA. Wow, looks like a Mario real American patriot. Hat, yeah. uh, Chris Pratt went into that um, that little voting booth in 2016, voted for Trump, and then walked straight to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Right after. <laughs> so yeah, you know. um, hey, and I mean, listen, like this. Obviously, it is very distracting in this age of hyper celebrity that, like, when you see the same actors popping up in different properties. It's hard to not relate it to other things. So I'm looking at this and it looks like Peter Parker. It does. Not only because like he hasn't changed anything about his face, but also like even his voice. He's he's not his doing American any kind of different American. High. His American voice yeah, is high. So it's, I'm still thinking about the fact that Chris Pratt voted for Trump and then made that with Zoe Saldana. It seems wrong, doesn't uh, it? <laughs> Perverse. Well, but Justin, to your point, I mean, not to like uh, jump ahead, but like, I was watching Zendaya and Dune, and I really thought I was going to be distracted. And maybe it's because she's in the movie for a total of two and a half seconds. Distracted. Uh, but but distracted I, thought, I thought I was going to be distracted in that, uh, not distracted because she's beautiful, but right. distracted because uh, Zendaya is known for being in Euphoria and Spider-Man. Right. Uh, but I wasn't. Like no. I was, she, she's, she's a pretty, I mean, we, we haven't seen her in a truly transformative role yet, but she is dynamic enough for me to see her in different mm-hmm. roles. Tom Holland, unfortunately, so far, I doesn't really have that ability for me. Yeah, um, he but, hasn't really been stretched yet. Yeah, I saw him as kind of like, like a pickup for Spider-Man, who maybe would not have much success outside of that because he does yeah. just kind of seem like, I don't, I don't like like I saw him as Peter Parker, but I don't really see him as anything else. I definitely don't see him as Nathan Drake. Yeah, uh, he's not I swaggering. I don't yeah. see him as a vet 
either. I mean, I haven't seen that movie Cherry, but like he's mm. like a vet with PTSD apparently. And apparently, stuff. his performance is good in that. I don't believe it. He's <laughs> pretty good in that uh, Robert Pattinson movie where he's the the oh pastor. devil all the time. He, he's, he's, all the time. he's he's good, good in good that uh, Saoirse Ronan movie that no one's seen that takes place during the apocalypse. Uh, where Saoirse Ronan, I swear to God, it's called "This Is Where I Am Now." It it, it was it's like his. Isn't another apocalypse? It's like his. Movie. It's Chaos like his Walking. movie before. Uh, he was even in the running for Spider-Man uh, and he plays yeah. her cousin but she also sleeps with another cousin that she has mm-hmm. but he's like a secondary character and his big moment when, is that when he, he dies. Cast, <laughs> when he was cast like I, I remember being like okay I can see it but I never in a million years thought he would be one of those actors that gets every role. That's very strange. It's because the Disney, the Disney machine is big. And he's, I think he's also just not really like a movie star charismatically or like but the thing he's, of, really, he's not Super handsome. Well, we like talked about it before. Uh, we're dumping on Tom Holland. <laughs> we are. But we yeah. talked about it before. But the MCU has destroyed movie stardom. Like, and the MCU has completely destroyed what we think of as movie stardom. Like, if I'm thinking about movie stars that have emerged in the last ten years, I'm thinking of only people like Hemsworth, Os- Hemsworth, and Evans, Oscar Isaac, right. and I'm I'm talking like independent. But they kind, they kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. They have that charisma. Tom Holland doesn't. It doesn't make sense that he's getting every movie now. It's because he's a young he's a young guy. Yeah, we I think we this will come up more in the Dune conversation, but there is there are the faces of new Hollywood mm-hmm. and Tom Holland is Shall one make of those faces. Make sense. What else uh trailer wise? Obviously Fandome was last uh well, two weeks ago by the time. I just called Tom Holland ugly for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know who isn't ugly? Uh mm-hmm. uh uh you guys are gonna Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I was gonna say I was gonna say Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um I can, either I cannot believe I forgot Zoe Kravitz's name for a millisecond no like, when you uh, look at her you might forget everything especially I, I, in this trailer certainly batman is like this is the first time i've seen a batman movie since returns where uh he's just completely this like oh, first i know I've you do crime i know you do crime but i you're very hot <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. he's immobilized by uh, her sexiness in this trailer uh, the batman sure. looks good i mean yeah, i think it, i love that shot where he's walking towards upside the camera down? upside oh, down great great I, nice title uh, i think there's a there's a well there's two there's two major red flags I have. One is an internet problem, which is that everybody's looking for the secret villain in it. It's mm-hmm. like, guys, it's just the Riddler. Just let it be the Riddler. Who cares? And the other thing is that there's an internet problem where whenever a trailer comes yes, out I for know. like a massive property, people just dig into it too I much know. to where like you can't really enjoy it. it the, um, the other the we're o- so quick to call things stupid, <laughs> especially <laughs> yes. like franchise stuff like yeah. Batman. Um, people don't seem to like that riddle told at the very end. Uh, what's black and blue and dead all over mm-hmm. I like you that. which but here's it's not like a riddle it's just like a threat yeah. you know mm-hmm. like he's not telling obviously it's just a threat oh, people oh. are like why are the riddlers riddles so stupid also this but one? this is this comes into my uh, hit the mic this 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 brings in my second like fear with with the batman a movie that i think looks really good and hopefully is really good is that it, we've gotten about 15 years of uber dark batman movies to yeah. uh counterbalance the schumacher movies um, this is like right in between, and this is yeah. This seems to be a little bit more comic booky, mm-hmm. but still Nolan. But still Nolan-y. And my fear is that it will, in the way Reeves is talking about it, it seems like he's a little bit like my Batman's edgy. And I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? But I, but I agree with this approach where it's where it's comic booky and like he's driving around in a muscle car instead of like a big tank, s- stupid tank. Yeah. <laughs> That was always uh, dumb. That was always super dumb. I mean, the whole like Pattinson being a sociopath thing is—we'll have to see where it goes. But uh, I like 
the the combo of very comic booky and mm-hmm. kind of dark. I mean, I, I think it works. I think yeah. it's a winning combination. I don't mind a Batman story investigating um, Batman as a mentally disturbed person because I, I think uh, yeah. he. I mean, well, he, he, is. he just he is. need to see if they make that you know darker than it like needs needs to be. Which is I the, uh, which is where I think it's go. I mean, the yeah. dude is like every scene where he's punching someone, he's doing it for five minutes, and yeah. it's like and Catwoman is like relax. City of Gotham was shot in like London and yeah. stuff, and mm. like that makes me think it's going to be closer to actual like. Art Deco meets Gothic like mm-hmm. aesthetic that more, we see in like Burton, Bob Kane designs. Yeah, Burton. sure. But I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think there it's a balance, right? Like I think, um, you know, uh, Pattinson talks about reading the Tom King run as he was on set, which is all about that run is all about yeah. the fact that Batman is mentally disturbed and probably has deeper mental issues. Mm-hmm. But that run also. Like takes a three issue break to talk about Booster Gold and Batman going on an adventure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like. There's a way to do. Batman is disturbed and needs help. Also, Batman is a comic book character that beats yeah. up penguin people. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I think. Speaking of penguin, Colin Farrell, dude. Oh my fantastic. god! Yeah. Hey, take it easy, take it easy sweetheart. I got you. I got you. <laughs> it, it, it does feel Burtony to me, which I yeah. think is the direction to go. Burton, I think, has out of all the Batman directors, the ability to strike the balance between. Mm-hmm. Gothic, and like campy, and campy, like I for b- kids, yeah. I mean, returns goes pretty off the rails in a in a good way, but yeah. like I, I don't know. I, I I like Nolan's movies, but I think for this next spell, I wouldn't mind seeing Man Bat or seeing right. Mister Freeze. Yeah, you know that's I mean? the thing. I I mean, those these are we were talking about that when this when the I think the first teaser came out a few yeah. years uh, a few months uh, ago. No, it was a year ago. Oh yeah, because of because of COVID. that's right. Ago. Yeah, but um. But I was saying, like, this seems like a dope universe to introduce some of the some of the creepier, but also slightly funnier Batman mm-hmm. villains, like your Man Bat, your Solomon Grundy. I like that Gotham is always so rain slicked in mm-hmm. this. I mean, every time we see Gotham, whether it be just it's an wet. establishing shot, yeah, it's wet, it's rainy, it feels like the art. Nolan's of, uh, was very Gotham. like. Well, actually, you know what's weird is that the Nolan's was industrial. No, no, yes, that's exactly. Well, and what it Batman was. Begins, the the Gotham of Batman Begins is completely different from the other two yeah, movies. Uh, it's a Batman lot. Batman Begins more, is comic booky as fuck. Yeah, yeah, and I really he appreciate that movie. Bats. And he yeah, doesn't do the movie. gravelly voices badly in Batman. Begins. No, he's doing more of a Keaton thing. He's doing, and then he's, he's he, then his throat cancer comes in later. Uh, he like lost his voice four times. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I I I feel like we're gonna get, and I also think Reeves wants to either reinvent villains we've seen on screen before or do new villains and if he wants to do new villains i mean he has a long roster to pick from like i think the only person that's been really taken off his board thank joker. god is joker yeah. and probably i don't black, think we ever need probably, to mention the joker no, no. And, and black mask probably yeah um because we just got a black mask but mm-hmm. honestly if if Pattinson's, black mask was so shit dude. Uh, stop it right now <laughs> it was I so love that black bad mask. really and we'll talk about it later he just blows up <laughs> they um, blow him up Anyway, um, I think I would be perfectly happy if Reeves Batman never mentions Joker or if he has already right. put Joker in Arkham. Mm-hmm. And like it's like we dealt with the clown. It's a, and, and the clown people are on the street because, you know, Joker was running around. Before Power it. vacuum. Is that what that cetera, is? Cetera. I think that's what that is. Okay. I wouldn't mind if Joker's just in Arkham. We don't need to talk maybe about it. Maybe they're just fine. face paint guys. They maybe could they be. Just, maybe just face paints their that's, that's a That's a Batman Beyond thing. Where I, I people think are just running in, around. In all those Arkham games, everyone's face is painted. Yeah, like, that's in, true. In accordance that's that's with like a there. riot thing. Yeah. Interesting. There's always guys with face paint. Well, no Joker, please. Yeah, please. But, enough. but maybe this uh, dissonance between um, Pattinson's approach and Reeves' aesthetic approach will create something interesting. Might I be. hope maybe. that's what happens. 
I hope I think Pattinson because uh, I love that trailer. I love that fucking score. The score dude. is good. Oh, score is good. I watched it just today in Dune. The, the shot where they flip. The score. I was watching it like an IMAX yeah, of, of yeah. him walking towards so the camera good. in the red, and uh-huh. then the and then the camera like the the Batman logo comes yeah. up. You know what's interesting oh, about really it? Great. This is I guess the last thing I'll say because the score definitely jumps out. Um, I like that they brought back the Nirvana. You know, yeah. song, and then there's that hard switch where he, you know, he's about to deck Penguin, and Penguin's like, "Relax," and it switches into the score, and it sounds obviously very distinct from Zimmer's score, while still being very like stentorian and gothic, mm-hmm. and feeling it feels like you're watching that, you know, the animated series in a way, mm-hmm. but it also kind of sounds like what Zimmer did for Batman v Superman. Uh, if you remember, there were there were hints of a Batman score in that that yes. was very like staccato. Yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Every time he showed up and when he's like, you know. That's a really aggressive Batman theme, the BBS one. Because yeah. yeah. it is a... And yeah. it's so basic. I, yeah. I, I, and when I, he smacks Superman over the head with a sink, yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say about this Batman movie is it looks... Uh, it, you know, I feel like people have been trying to adapt to year one, and, and Nolan kind of does it. Yeah. But it, it looks more like year one than I thought it was going to look. Well, yeah. Everyone wants to do uh, Frank Miller. Like, yeah. he, he, every time a new filmmaker yes. takes the reins, they just are adapting. And they want to do Frank Miller. Miller. And I want more, like, I wish people would do, like, Demi O'Neill or, like, yeah, Grant 70 Morrison. years of comics. Like, like he's so true. much stuff yeah, to do. I, I wish, I, I hope he's more of a detective in this. And I hope he's. I think he is. There's that scene where he's standing in the middle of, like, a. a, a you know, conspiracy chalk drawing on the floor, and well, he's like sins of my father, where, yeah, et, cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And I hope he gets. There's the, a part I, where um, Commissioner Gordon, like in the first trailer, like has him up against the wall because, like, he's 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 doing too much, overstepping yeah. the GCPD boundaries. Yeah. And I hope, and this is not going to happen, but man, if it happens, I'll start crying in the theater. I hope he gets the the yellow uh, be cool. thing at the end. It would look great. Have, have we had um? Not a, since Burden. I, I know, but, like, have we ever had that... You know how, like, we're doing this minimalism thing where it's just, like... The wings. The sharp, like, wings. Mm-hmm. Like, like the very sharp mm-hmm. uh, logo. Have we ever had the logo itself, the actual bat, be bright yellow and the rest of it pitch black? So that that's like the design for... Uh, it was just actually the uh, Tim Fox, the, the new Batman, the oh, black Batman oh. in the comics, mm-hmm. has that design. Lucius it's Fox all black, same. and it's a yellow... Uh, Oh, uh, Dan, you wanted to talk about the GTA, GTA trilogy. GTA, bro, yeah, mastered. man. Look, uh, the GTA trilogy, for you rock star aficionados out there, we all know that's GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Those games released within like a three to four year span on the PS2, and that's kind of Rockstar's uh, holy trinity. Mm. I mean, that's that's what people come back to for like the bare, the bare bones, open world, uh, run and gun experience. I mean, but they're so iconic. Mm-hmm. Vice City and you know Vice City is Miami in the 80s San Andreas is uh, Compton in the 90s and GTA 3 is is New York in the early 2000s those mm-hmm. cities in all three of those games each feel like very like front and center personalities the and aesthetics yeah. like their own characters yeah and um, I mean I have so much reverence for that trilogy I, I would take one disc out and pop in another mm-hmm. I mean I, I loved playing Vice City and then jumping over into San Andreas uh so when I heard that they were going to do this remaster, I was like, is it going to be like a Resident Evil thing where they remake the game from the ground up? But no, I mean, it is the game, but they've kind of updated textures and looks like there's some ray tracing in there, mm-hmm. realistic weather effects. It's a new like light engine, so, mm-hmm. so it'll look, it'll be lit too. more like a more modern game, but yeah. um, 
it'll still have that like PS2 vibe. Is there is there any uh, portion of the GTA fan base so so far as you've you know seen that's like uh, upset that they aren't just doing the sixth well, game already? <laughs> they, I, I think that's everybody. I, yeah. I thought you were gonna ask if if they were upset that this isn't like a remake remake. Oh, uh, um, I don't. I don't know if they are. I mean, I know that some people thought this would be like uh, those games like in the new Rage engine that, mm-hmm. that they used in Red Dead 2. Mm. Uh, but, but you can't really expect that. They ju- they like only leaked that this was happening like a couple months ago. And right. now we have like a trailer and stuff, so you couldn't really expect it to be like, I mean, GTA 6. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, people have been pissed off about that for like 10 years. Yeah. wanted GTA 6 and they've been banking on GTA 5 so they said you know what we're gonna go even further back <laughs> bank on GTA 3 yeah and they'll probably remaster 4 before we ever get to 6 6 will be like a 2030 thing yeah that's, yeah. that's far away still. damn I guess I wouldn't be surprised we've talked before about how um, it's it the fan base's collective fault I mean we, we keep giving them money for, for 5 yeah. <laughs> going online, online. yeah. Because in online, they added flying cars and jetpacks and fucking yeah. yachts. And At least they're not starving you, really, like the people who, who play. Yeah. There's content. But, it, but it, you can imagine if there was a massive player strike, how that, you know, once you hit the pockets, it's always going to... you gonna, really do a player strike? Yeah, if you just decide to stop, like? everyone just stops going online and playing a game for a certain amount of time. I mean, it, you know, obviously, no, no, gamers it, are famously hard to control. Eventually. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we people who still play GTA Online really play it. Like when when I try and play GTA Online these days, I'll load in and someone in a flying car will blow me up <laughs> immediately. So <laughs> I go and spend real life money on a flying car so that, <laughs> so that I can fucking settle my beef with some guy who's flying around. Yeah. And that ends up being my afternoon, uh, and that's how they make money. I mean, your friend gets a flying car and won't stop fucking with you. You pay Rockstar because it, because they make it like um twenty million in game dollars that you oh, could okay. never yeah. get Accumulate, from just playing yeah, missions. So you yeah. have to do the microtransactions. Yeah. You have to pay for shark cards, is what they call them, uh, and get your own flying car and, and have some uh, some dog fights. So yeah. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they get you. It's actually a foolproof system. Yeah. It's it's very, yeah. very smart. A lot of games have used it, but I, you know, I, I think what makes microtransactions bearable is if the game, the base game is entertaining. Like, I mm-hmm. think the reason it doesn't work for, like, Battlefront mm-hmm. is because no one liked that game that much to begin right. with so they're not going to pay additional money to if like, you like a game you're, you're going to spend money on it hey, I've, I've even spent money on some games I didn't like just because I wanted to feel something right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude in Marvel's Avengers I remember buying like Iron Man <laughs> cosmetics they, they, you would have to buy moves yeah you you have to wild. buy special. No one likes stuff. that game. It's no. I've tried to give it. An, I did give it a new you, shot with the Black Panther DLC. Yeah, yeah, the the Black Panther stuff is fun, but it's still the same game. Right, it's just yeah. like a different character in it. Um. So anyway, but I will be buying this GTA. Right oh, because <laughs> I have so much nostalgia for the PS2 stuff. Yeah, the PS2 stuff is really iconic. I mean, San Andreas is probably the most memed game of all time. Mm-hmm. You, there are so many San Andreas memes. Here so. we go again. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Yeah. I think on that note, we'll probably take our first break then uh, and come back finally to talk about Dune. Yeah, well, folks, welcome back. We're here to talk about Denis Villeneuve's Dune, which released uh, just 
last weekend. We they, jumped on this one. We, we're going to be reviewing movies that came out like last month and <laughs> moving forward, but this is like yeah. fresh off. Yeah. It's it's a, it's star-studded. Um, Villeneuve really wanted to push people going out mm-hmm. to see yeah, it in the he, theater. He was, like, he was like, you're a fucking loser if you don't see it in the theater. <laughs> well, well he, we need to abolish IMAX cameras. Yeah, so let's yeah, get we, into that. We do, because first of all, they shoot in like a box ratio. They do, they do. So you may as well be shooting on a Bolex, but like <laughs> it's only to fill an IMAX screen where when you see it fill the screen, you don't even realize it's just a box. Yeah. Uh, until it ends up on HBO Max, like Justice League. And right. Which is where this I watch it. a box. It. <laughs> yeah. and, and but the yeah. only way to see the full ratio is to pay the, the extra and $20. Listen, I love an IMAX movie. I wouldn't I mind you know seeing this, but I think you, you have to understand, regardless of the pandemic, it is the fate of all visual media to wind up on someone's yes. TV screen. So you have to kind of prepare your movie for that, I yeah. think, especially a movie like this, which is meant to be a blockbuster. If you watch Dune and it's wide, it is cropped. I watched it on Dolby, uh, and Dolby is not quite IMAX. It's a little shorter, so mm-hmm. I'm, I know it was yeah. definitely cropped. Mm-hmm. It was. It's pulled. A when I saw that Lincoln Square, they, it, it filled up the whole, uh, and that's a box. Yeah, IMAX screen, yeah. And it took up the whole screen. Now that being said, you know, I was just going to say, I think around the table we're, we're fans of Denis Villeneuve more yeah, or less yeah. uh, he, I'd say he's one of my favorite contemporary directors I think it's the trajectory of any kind of popular contemporary director to eventually garner detractors just because they don't like hearing about him all the time <laughs> I guess. Like, every contemporary director is like kind of famous there's there's people who hate them for like no reason yeah. for sure but I think I think Villeneuve is, is his resume speaks for itself yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll make a confession right here on the air I've only seen Arrival okay uh, and I love Arrival no uh, I I I really like Arrival. Um, that's I mean that's a good Villeneuve movie to watch in advance of it this. Is. It is yeah. also Aliens and stuff. So. Yeah, and I mean I, the reason that I think you know I, just to get into initial impressions, I feel like uh, when it comes to this movie, they got the right one. I think that Villeneuve, if he has nothing else, when it comes to his sci-fi, he has this incredible sense of scale. The yeah. sets remind visual me of scale. Like I love just I, I'm a sucker for like, and you see this in comic books too. But like when you have like one thing that's really big, and then you have like a bunch of splash tiny page. little, right. yeah. yeah, like and that's just he just shoots splash pages. You he know does, what I mean? He does, he does. So all these massive spaceships, right. and then like, and I mean obviously like Danny was just saying when you're watching it on, I watch it on my iPad on HBO Max. Uh-huh. So like, I think part of it kind of enhanced that because the spaceships are super big and the people are literal. Th- Tic Tacs, yeah. but also then like you do feel. I felt that while the the composition was cool, some of the lighting struggled. Like there were scenes yeah. that were just where, where, pitch black. Where Timmy Chalamet yeah, was in the dark. Yeah, just pitch black. Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking of directors who who don't like uh, seeing movies outside of the theater, uh, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film you'll think you have experienced it but you'll be cheated it's a such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone (laughs) get real get real I'd actually like to keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get a cease and desist it was, for that. It was relevant. Um, but yeah, so uh, generally I thought that it looked really cool. I also, I mean, this was the, my first experience with Dune at all. I'd only heard about it. Um, right. uh, I enjoyed some of the themes that it seems to be bringing up and we can unpack that later on. Uh, but, but you know, this movie essentially is, is two and a half hours of world building. Uh-huh. It is a part one. It's, you know, very much a part every, one. Every attempt at uh, adapting Dune 
uh, falls into the exposition. But I guess yeah. I guess what's different is that this one isn't trying to be all of Dune in one movie, mm-hmm. right? Like before, they were trying to cram all of that. In a lot of ways, the exposition in this one is worse than the exposition in the Lynch one. Interesting. The, the Lynch one actually opens with uh, narration from the Emperor's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. who kind of just catches us up on what Arrakis is and who the Fremen are. Uh, the the Villeneuve one kind of disperses that throughout like the first hour or so. Mm-hmm. And does little nature documentaries that yes. dump. It's yeah, like yeah. the Fremen walk yeah. in a crip walk fashion <laughs> to escape. <laughs> the book does the exact same thing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, both of the film adaptations kind of do the exact same thing when they adapt certain scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the dialogue when Paul is is training uh, with the Josh Brolin character, I think that's Duncan. Uh, no, that's not Duncan. Duncan is Jason sorry. Momoa. Um, yeah. I forget the name of that character, but Lynch and Villeneuve adapted that scene the exact same way. Yeah. They also adapted the hand in the box scene the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember seeing someone cut together uh, Lynch's uh, footage, to footage to the, to the trailer, the trailer, and it's the same exact yeah, framing, same everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were you? You just saw it. I Wes just, saw just it. came from I, seeing I, it. I literally so. an hour ago saw it. Uh, it's a very pretty movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very pretty. Uh, I love the way Villeneuve uh, just imagines a sci-fi world to be completely different from our world. Uh, you know, like the the spaceships look like bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that uh, Harkonnen floats around mm-hmm. with that long cape. The ships are like cones. Mm-hmm. They're so. I, I think. I think as a visual stylist, Villeneuve and, and the armor that yeah. the Atreides have, I think, is amazing. Uh, I think everybody in the movie is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> the movie itself, I was like, okay. Mm. I, was, I, was I like, don't think it's I was, boring. I, I, I think I, the, I, I, the world building is signature enough to kind of like keep me Oh, engaged. I don't mean it's boring. I mean, I was just, I was like underwhelmed by the story itself. Sure. Um, I, I, Dune isn't for everyone. I, it's no, it's not. Weird uh, story. I'm going to say something. I, I want you guys to know, and she will be listening to this. Uh, the person I went to go see this with, when I walked out and she loved it, I said, that kind of that movie is kind of like if you had a better visual director doing the Star Wars prequels, and I'm sorry to say that on air, but <laughs> wow, I, I don't agree with that. At it's all. okay. <laughs> it's okay. You guys don't have to agree with it. Uh, it's much better looking than the Star Wars prequels. This movie uh, never annoyed me. I never felt like it. Was I don't mean stupid. that. I mean, I mean the politicking, yes. the constant, okay, sure. uh, the constant exposition dumps. Uh, I just was underwhelmed. I I, I, I was underwhelmed by the, well, by the movie. I mean, okay. I was underwhelmed. Do not read the book then, because uh, because the book is all politics. Also, what does it's Paul all want? Space politics. What does Paul want? Well, Paul's kind of just drags there. Um, Other and, than to be and Jesus, then <laughs> the more he's there, the more visions he has about right. uh, his he's, future. And but what does he want? But what? But what does he want? What does Paul want? It's what not does clear. Paul want? He he wants to avenge his uh, father's uh, memory. That happens three fourths into the movie. I will say this. I'll say this. We'll we'll crack the spoiler egg now. So it doesn't uh, help that Tim Chalamet doesn't really have that much charisma. He's very pretty. He's very um, pretty. I let's agree. Let's talk about he, it because he's, I, he's blank registered the whole movie. I, know, I was yeah. I was I was not uh, impressed he's by blank him even in this when movie. We flash forward to him being uh, the Messiah. Like, like, do you remember? There's that long shot of him fighting the guy. Then his mask comes up, and, and, and he's he has just like eyes, this. And his like CG this. and his CGI yeah. face into the. Hey, Stone he has. Face, he, yeah. It, look, it's very easy to hate on Timothy Chalamet because he's the yeah, number yeah. one young movie star and right he's now. Yeah. Uh, he's, I, I don't hate him, by the way. There, there's been performances where I thought he was good. I think he's yeah. really good in Little Women. I, I think, think he's good Call in Lady Bird. Name is fucking great. I think he is 
I'm sorry, Justin. I think he's incredibly blank this whole movie. Yeah, no, you're right. He, no, you're right. I agree. I, I was right. I was gonna say, it, and the and the and the moment that it clicked for me. I mean, you know, I, I think Paul I was Atreides kind of. Atreides is not the most compelling character. But you no, but sometimes sometimes I'm only you fall like into something pages into the Frank Herbert uh, piece, but Paul's just kind of a self. And he he's an everyman self insert. He's Luke he's Skywalker. I get it. I, he's Luke. He's Luke, what Luke Skywalker was literally. But, but Luke after. Skywalker, at least maybe not in that first movie, but he's flawed. You know what I mean? He has flaws. He has wants. And uh, what uh, what does Paul want? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if I can if I'm I can I'm sorry Justin. interject, um, please. So as far as the performance, uh, and and it is, I think part of it is the character, you know, because this is this is sort of a, um, it's a syndrome, I think, when you have the chosen one archetype. It's like, the white savior thing. Oh, we're gonna get into oh, that. 100%. Oh, one hundred percent. And Dune is is actually historically like one of the first like major. Yeah. It's it, this is habits. Dances with Wolves, but we, we'll get back to yeah. that. Yeah, but I was just gonna <laughs> it say it predates Lawrence of Arabia. And like but it is Lawrence in Arabia because yeah. it, it literally. But it predates it. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry, Justin. We keep interrupting. <laughs> I was just going to say that as far as the performance, I think I was waiting uh, for most of the movie to see him kind of like like click in. Um, and the moment that it hit, the, yeah, the moment that it hit for me that like, I was not, I didn't buy into him is when he sees this woman who has been in his dreams for the, however long in real life in front of him. And he's just like, Oh, what's, what's up? I'm like, this is the okay, person. By the way, that moment in the Lynch one is really good. That moment in the Lynch one, sure he sees her from his dreams is actually like a powerful moment. It should I'm be. I'm sure because that we, gave me chills. Lynch gets a few things right in yeah. his version. I just have to say it it's be. not all bad. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it is. I, I was waiting because that is the only thing powering. A tra- He's literally like, Dad, I'm willing to go to to that planet early, Arrakis of that early, girl. to chase tail. <laughs> And when he sees Zendaya, yeah, it's Zendaya. Like it, it, I understand that in the context of the movie, it's not Zendaya, but in the context of the movie, it's also a beautiful woman, right? And he's like, oh, and it's the woman, and it's not just any beautiful woman; it's yeah. the woman that he's been seeing in his dreams for however yeah. long. So it's like I, that was like, I, can you give me something, dude? Mm-hmm. But that being said, thematically, what's interesting about this movie is that you know I, I I am interested in how it tackles religion or how it seems to be kind of dealing with religion in yeah. a way it's like space the space crusades is it really kind of is. what it That's is a good way yeah. to think about I it. also wondered I mean this is set in like the year 10,149 mm-hmm. or something and so obviously humanity has colonized There's space still colonialism yeah well yeah but what seems cool from a from the from the story standpoint is that like there aren't that many aliens. It no. just seems like humans have spread out and they've yeah. changed and depending they've on where they live. And, yeah. and it also seems like they're like different uh, uh, ethnic groups have colonized different planets. Yes. So obviously, like I think Arrakis has always been sort of like this Afghanistan, or it it, 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 it gained think, in Afghanistan. I think in the book, I, I, Dan, tell me if I'm wrong. In the book, it's supposed to be the Middle East. Like, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, the, the book is kind of an allegory for uh, the Middle East at the end of World War One. Mm-hmm. You don't really have anyone to root for. Paul is Paul is actually kind of a not likable. character. I've heard that, mm. and I yeah. wish they but would that, have but done that's it. Intentional. Well, I, I mean, he's you know, but he's still positioned as the hero of the movie. Right. And the movie feels weird to me. The politics of the movie are weird to I, me. I think Villeneuve is is open to the possibility of us not liking Paul. That's possible. Maybe that's totally, why he's so blank. I don't possible. think he's totally shut off to that. That's that's okay. I wish he would have given us something. It, and I don't know if it's a directing thing or if it's the way Paul is written in this version, 
but Paul is just I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Paul at all. Like I just I just know that he's the main character and he's Jesus, mm-hmm. which is the other issue. The world of Dune around him is is way more interesting. It is, and yes. like every time Momoa was on, Momoa yeah. like cooks in this movie. He's, he's like one good, of his yeah. best performances. He's, charismatic as he's so good in this movie. Uh, of course, Oscar Isaac rocking his scenes from a marriage yeah. uh, beard, <laughs> amazing in the Oscar movie. Oscar Isaac looks fucking sick. He looks good. <laughs> he looks good. He is such like a refined older gentleman. Yeah. That he's really grown into that kind of archetype. Dude. Where like when you see him, he's just older and he's. He's got like a graying beard, but he's so steamy. Yeah, Dude, he's when, when, such when, he's, a when he's laying back in the chair, yeah, yeah. I was like, "This, this is like the best looking guy on earth." <laughs> he's, he's a good looking Talk guy. about a that's a that's a dope scene too. When he when he takes out that whole room, I mean, minus Harkonnen. I love the scene where he, he's talking to the the one Bene Gesserit um, woman who who he had Paul with, and he's, he's oh his like, wife, oh, Rebecca Jessica. Ferguson. She's yeah. not his wife. He's saying I should oh, have married, married you. I should. I, I love that scene when they're in the Lynch one. They have that um, communication telepathically. They have a telepathic mm-hmm. link, and that one, Villeneuve kind of knocked out the telepathy. There's, there's no telepathy in the Villeneuve. No, no. But but what is what is cool is he, there. He replaced it with sign language. Oh well, in, yes. In the book and in the Lynch one, they have telepathy, but in this, they're they're using sign language. Like one-handed sign language, language which, which is, is cool, which is interesting. Yeah. I I I appreciated the depiction of this uh, of the voice, which of course Lucas would turn into the Jedi mind trick uh, a few years. Oh, later. that's so true. Yeah. Um, that's so true. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like how that's they. The, that's maybe the best scene where, where they're on the. The, the, the dropship. They use it to hijack the ship. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about the depiction, it basically it's sort of like the uh, uh, the Kilgrave power, where when you tell someone to do something, they do it. The purple man. Yeah, yeah. but um, I thought what was cool about how they depicted it was that the person who's being affected, like basically blacks out they lose the time between hearing the order and doing the thing so it's like when when uh when paul comes to visit the 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 grandma evil grandma lady and she tells him to kneel he's just like suddenly zooming and and kneeling Mm -hmm. in front of her and you know it's like he didn't even have time to resist i thought that was a cool depiction and i thought and i thought the way uh velnu shoots the voice when when she first says use your voice, mm-hmm. I was like, what is he gonna is he gonna deepen his and, and it's literally like you just see his mouth moving. Yeah, that was then, dope. And then another voice comes out. That of was him, cool. Which yeah, is cool. It. And and I didn't even pick up that Lucas is freely stealing the Jedi yeah. mind trick. <laughs> um but this one, by the way, easier. You don't have to do a little hand trick with it. You don't it. have to do a little mm-hmm. um the, the 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 thing about it that was so interesting is that it's used it's it's the one thing in the movie that I was tracking that and Paul's skill with with like sword fighting yeah were the two things that I was tracking through the movie that I was like is this gonna pay off or is this gonna be something that pays off in Dune two whenever mm-hmm. that yeah. gets made and I was happy that those things paid off and I just wish that Paul's arc whatever that's gonna end up being was more closely tied to those two things. Um, I got, I got a, a voice a, um, some frustration with please. like the reception. To, maybe not the reception, but mm. it's the fact that the uninitiated did not know this was a part one until oh, yeah. they actually sat down, and they're all frustrated yeah. because of it. But should have been marketed that way. You think? Well, I think I would have marketed it the same way because mm. you can't market something with with uh, colon uh, part one in the title. And now I'm seeing people saying, "Oh, I mean, Harry Potter did it." I yeah, but that well, was already well, the end well, of the series. Yeah. yeah, I'm seeing people saying, uh, I'll see this when it's complete. I'll see this when it's a duology or a trilogy. And it's like, no, that's why they marketed it the way they did because this is like proof of this concept. This is supposed to be it. This is proof of concept. It's a trial run. You have to support this one. And that's In order why they, to that's get the second one made. they didn't say it's only the first part because they knew yeah. people would skip it. You it know is what, Dan- a two and a half hour 
uh, travel proof of concept. concept. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, when is the movie going to start? <laughs> well, it starts <laughs> at the end. I, I think because um, Dune's slow. Dune is, Dune is a pretty slow That's political fair. story full of world building. To your point, Dan, I, I, I was waiting to kind of inject this because uh, just last night I listened to the Directors Guild podcast, a conversation between Villeneuve and Nolan Ooh, wow. after the screening of Dune. And uh, Villeneuve talked about how, you know, this was a this is a passion project for him. He read Dune when he was younger and he waited all these years. He was like, when is someone going to do it? When is someone going to do it? Fine, I'll do it myself. Thanos style. Um, and he talks about kind of having that conversation with the producers. And where he at one point he did consider shooting both uh, movies back to back. But he tells Nolan, it would have killed me. Funding. It would have killed me. Well, number one, because Blade Runner underperformed at the box office. Yeah. They, they didn't want to throw that yeah. much money at yep. him. Yep. And number two, uh, he said it would have killed me, like filming on location in Jordan and yep. like doing all that back to back. It would have been too much. And, and, and Zendaya probably couldn't do that. I mean, she has with Marvel contracts. With Marvel contracts, uh, Oscar I mean, Isaac also with Oscar Isaac is doing Marvel contracts. Right. I mean, no, no, it, it's like a real well, thing. Well, I mean, uh, Oscar Isaac. This was the end of his his character. He's, he's not going to be in. The he's not coming back. But maybe Villeneuve he'll come back as the, a ghost dad. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that in Dune. They they might do it Dune just is, for. Uh, <laughs> I hope might, not. Dune might be is dreaming. a lot less campy. I gotta say than I expected. You don't I, think I, growing up knew Dune as like the worm shit? Yes. Side yeah. Thing. The butthole worm. That's what everyone worm. calls it. That's what everyone yeah. calls it. Well, it, spice is not even worm shit, by the way. S- spice is the reason the worms are the way they. What's interesting about this world is that like it's if insects were at the top of the food chain, mm. and, and worms oh, have worms have been in this ecosystem for so long where they're burrowing deeper into they're this just like massive extreme yeah, yeah. drug mind enhancing uh substance is and now they've kind of inherited the earth by the way another thing that you know of course lucas ripped the sarlacc from the of course yeah, that right. is the sarlacc i mean also um, you just can't move and and the people have had their minds expand so much by spice that they've decided Capitalism is not really something we need. We don't yeah. really need big industrial uh, cities and stuff. We can just kind of fly under the radar yeah. and like yeah. be one with the big insects who run this planet. Yeah. And like it's it's kind of a cool like look at you know a sci-fi universe that's not really dystopian. Yeah, you know until until it gets dystopian. Well, until yeah. those who have not been enlightened until the white people show up come, come to and, yeah. come and I, plunder. I, it. I also think that you could probably say Justin that the Duncan Idaho character. I don't know how he is in the book. Uh, feels very Han Solo to me. At the Momoa's character, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the swaggering. He's kind of uh, like a big brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think. I mean, we can kind of just get into the elephant in the room. Um, and Dan, you had some some insight on this. D- Dune is like a white savior movie, uh, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 criticizing imperialism while at the same time falling into the trap of imperialism, which is like where he is, the where same. he is. The same. All they y'all need is a one white dude to leave he, the bad he's guys. Jesus. And he's literally, it, it would be one well, thing not, if not, he was not even just that Wes. And I'm only interrupting because no, no, please, I wanted interrupt. to interrupt as, since it is obviously riffing on, on Christianity um, there. I think there is an intention to naming him Paul uh, oh, in, in the, in yes, the book yes, of yes. acts, you know, right. there was an old uh, um, uh, basically Christian persecutor named Saul who, you know, he he roamed, this is like post-Jesus, so Jesus had already been crucified, mm-hmm. but Saul was uh, basically like a mercenary. Like, he would go around mm-hmm. finding people who professed to be followers of Jesus, and he would have them executed, only to then himself have an epiphany and convert to mm-hmm. Christianity and go from the name Saul to Paul. And so he becomes a leader among the people that he was previously oh, assigned so to true. kill. And that's I so think, true. you know, Atreides is kind of following 
that line in a way, even and, though even though they're not necessarily there to kill the the Fremen, but they're there to to in, take their natural resources. And also, mm-hmm. a, a, the only reason I know this is because I read a Wikipedia article. Also, Atreides, uh, it comes from Atreus, which is the family from Greek mythology that uh, is cursed. There's mm-hmm. a cursed family of Atreus. Well, um, the Atreides are definitely cursed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Arrakis is a uh, you know kind of a planet that's off limits mm-hmm. to like. Yeah, how else would you a list um, families. families like that? <laughs> uh, and, and, family. and they and you know you can see it uh, written all over Oscar Isaac's face when uh, you know Leto gets assigned uh, Arrakis and he kind of looks dead inside because mm. the Emperor is his cousin and yeah. he's he's you know obviously afraid that he'll be superseded. So, so uh, Stellan Skarsgård, he is the Emperor. He's not the Emperor. No, he's, he's the Baron. Was the Emperor in, in this? No, 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 no. Okay, I was the making Emperor sure. Was who Dolly was supposed to play? Salvador Dolly was oh, supposed yeah, to be the yeah. Emperor. Well, because he because because the Baron calls Leto cousin. So yeah. when you said mm-hmm. that, I got. Confused I, th- I think I think they're all related the way uh, royal families are related. Yeah. But, gotcha. but 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 I. You know, I, I, I think the film tries to play both ends. Like, the film tries doesn't try at all to not draw the, the comparison between uh, people of the Middle East and uh, the people of, uh, oh man, what's the... Arrakis. Arrakis. Which I think that's actually a strength, is what, uh, the comparison. I, I don't know how I f- feel about it. Um, genuinely, I don't know how I feel about it because of how strong they come with Timothy Chalamet and his mom have arrived to save everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really knocked that nail hard. And I think they could have, that could have been one plot line. I mean, I guess you can't because it's integral to the story of Dune. Right. But, but it, it feels like that's the one thing that's holding the film together that actually doesn't um, work for me. Like I, I was watching it and I was like, I can't believe we're doing this in 2021. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe this is, this is the plot we landed on. You, you could have subverted it. You could have, and I know the later books kind of subverted by making Paul actual, like, like, him being the Messiah is actually a bad thing, and it's and it's yeah. actually it, it, it's viewed as a negative thing. But when you cast Timothy Chalamet, who's such a well-known and heartthrobbed actor, um, in this major role, um, never mind that they didn't actually write him a role, but it doesn't matter. Uh, when you well, cast well, Timothy he's Chalamet, like genetically engineered to be yeah. perfect. Yeah, when you cast Timothy Chalamet, you know what you're doing, and yeah. and, it, and it's uh, it's no, just, I, I mean the actual character yeah, of yeah. Paul. They're like selective oh, yeah. breeding by the Bene Gesserit. Because she was only supposed to bear women children. Yeah. Mm. And then Zack Snyder stole that and put it into Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's same exact Wait, plot. So? Remember uh, when Krypton. the, Kryptons, the Kryptonians don't have natural birth? Right. They just they just breed their babies. That's why and Superman is Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, not birthed. for nothing, I was thinking that the... That the the creation of the of some like some of the um, costumes looked a bit like those Kryptonian costumes. Yeah, they, they pulled it out of the Warner Brothers closet. <laughs> they were like, yeah, "It's good. It's still good. It's good. I, it's I good. love the set design in this, and I also love the set design in the first uh, Dune adaptation. I mean, they're mm. they're both. Uh, here's why I liked the aesthetic of the story of Dune. It's sci-fi, but it's very gothic. It yes. is. You feel it like is. you should be reading Dune by candlelight in like <laughs> yeah. an old dark castle. Like, it's, very, it's very, it's gothic. very dark fantasy. It's very dark fantasy, just uh, with a sci-fi bend. It's much more. It feels much more like, part of the reference, like Excalibur, and I don't mean sure. in the sense that like it's silly like Excalibur, but in the terms of like dukes and kings and yeah. right. the big bulky armor. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It feels much more in that world than it does with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean regarding the the, the saviorism. Uh, you know, listen, like Danny was saying. 
if we want to see this story develop, obviously people should go support it um, and continue to Be talk about it because that's how the studio is going to bankroll, you know, another... But Dune's not a story for everyone. Some it's pe- not. Some people are going to see this completed and be like, that's stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there who are going to think the actual full story of Dune is dumb. Mm, and true. the only way you can really combat that is, is like, really, I don't want to say pat it out, but like you have to take your time with it so that these beats don't feel as out of left field. Mm. As, well, as let me ask you this, Dan. Do you think it would have been better served as a series? I don't know. I have no idea. It's already been a miniseries. Oh, has I, I That's think, the second I think, adaption. Yeah. Oh, children. I think Dune only really sings when it's like grandiose and epic and like you see it in IMAX. Because the universe is the draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a brilliant world. Mm-hmm. The actual world of Dune. Is it is getting it, a TV show. Spinoff. Well, that that's what I'm wondering. I mean, listen, it might also be. This is maybe part of a large conversation, but like, not every book needs to be adapted cinematically. Sure. Not every sure. book even can. I mean, yeah. there, you know, there's and a reason. Dune is a cult thing. Yeah, Dune is, is like a. Is yeah, the like book is, is four hundred. What four hundred? Five hundred pages? Eight hundred. Eight hundred. So yeah, I mean, that's one book. So it's like. You know, obviously there's always something that gets dropped when you're adapting because you can't put all that detail onto the screen necessarily because yeah. it's, it's two different And you got an exposition dump, whereas a book has 800 pages to like... It's allowed to do as, that. As these <laughs> things show up, we explain, okay, we have this special walk uh-huh. and like we ride the worms and shit. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah. No one wants to sit through that in a movie, right. you know, necessarily. So that's why I think, I mean, if any, again, if I want to see anybody do this, I want to see Denis do it because I love his movies and I think... He has the he has the style for it. I think right now it's like unfair to review it. But like, what else can we do? Yeah. Just say this was a cool proof of concept. Well, well, mm-hmm. what, what I will say is good on Denis Villeneuve for getting Warner Brothers, yeah. uh, notoriously stingy studio, to, to, to bankroll to bankroll yeah, his art crazy. project. Like, <laughs> like, like this is such an artsy movie made the way that he clearly makes movies yeah. on such a big no but like the tone the scale mm-hmm. the way that it unfolds like Denis Villeneuve is not a blockbuster filmmaker what studio did the Lynch one? Oh, that's a good question Dune but 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 like the way they they funded this weird movie that he wanted to make yeah. based on a book that he liked you know what I mean like <laughs> I, what am I gonna get upset about that like yeah, good for him yeah, yeah. Definitely a victory for uh, for for him in that and, sense. And cast the entire Earth in it. You know? Yeah, good for him. I think we're in Dune. By the way, <laughs> might Universal. Be. By the way, Universal. Uh, okay. Universal. By the way, just a uh, um, you know, uh, I don't really have much more to say about this particular uh, entry, but I um, you know, some casting that I really enjoyed. I liked seeing Javier Bardem pop up. Yeah, he's always cool. Oh, yeah. Stephen McKinley Henderson. Really always nice good. <laughs> always good to see him. Yeah, I love the great. moment where Javier Bardem spits on the table. Yeah, and, uh, they, they take it as um, yeah. a compliment. Yeah. His water is so scarce. Yeah. <laughs> Um, even the concept of those rehydration suits loved it that like take your sweat and tears yeah, and make them water and, and other stuff is it is it urine probably urine probably I think so like Iron Man says uh, into there's a filtration system he yes. could drink that water <laughs> um, and whoever plays Dr. Keys um, I think is her name uh, yes, Sharon Duncan Brewster. Kynes, Dr. Kynes you're, th- you're there for that world building I that think really so is the draw. by the way so Josh Brolin's dead Right, he's just assumed I know, he's dead. I don't think he's well, dead. He, his character comes back. In yeah, the I don't book. think. Oh, so. I don't think he's dead. I think if, if he was dead, he would have. He's he's died. surviving in the desert like the the fremen do. Oh, okay. and by the time Paul is like uh, their leader, like years later, he comes he back. Doesn't doesn't again. Idaho survive in the book? Who are we talking about? <laughs> Jason uh, Momoa. Jason Momoa 
Duncan? Yeah, Duncan, Duncan. Yeah, yeah doesn't does. he? He dies in the book. Yeah, he does. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then Josh Brolin is playing Gurney. Gurney Halleck, which Gurney, I thought that was like a that was like a military rank, but that's oh. his name. Um, this movie has an interesting mix of like regular names, like Paul and Jessica, and that's then that's a names. I mean that's a criticism of sci-fi as a whole. Like, <laughs> sci-fi always has bizarre fucking like, yeah. mixtures, shit like that. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we rate it then, gents? Yeah. And devote some time to Mr. Yodorowsky. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead first, Wes. I'll give it uh, three. Um, asshole-looking sandworms out of five. Took mine. <laughs> it looks like an asshole. It does look like a rectum. It yeah. looks like a bunker. But 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 scary, scary. I really like that scene where the one is coming after the the, the mining did, tank. Did you guys see, by the way, um, the pet that the Baron has? That like black ant looking. Dude, thing? what? Okay, did you see that? That is a contortionist. I, ass- that, I that assumed is a it had to be a human contortionist doing with like a getting suit. really low to. The, well, well, it's it's mocapped. But the actual okay. person that they cast as that thing, there's there's videos of her doing that, so and she looks like a spider. <laughs> it's like this blonde lady, I and can't. she gets her her face and like her stomach and stuff really low to the ground, and her arms and legs really come, come out, out to yeah. the to this, and she like wow. can do the jerky mov- movements and stuff. Like she's fucking scary. Dude, I forgot about. The, thank you for bringing that nightmare back to <laughs> the front of my brain because I, I saw that and I was like, what is that thing? And you know, Stellan. Uh, Skarsgård as the Baron, who of course is a, is a is a prototypical Palpatine, yep. but he's yeah. he's really cool. Yeah. The actor is really cool, and the design that, of the character. That's character's another really one of cool. those like insect things that's been yeah. enlightened yeah. by uh, the spice. And but, but, kind of, oh, really? Become a formidable thing. I thought he was just like a, a fat dude. Like the thing on the ground. Oh uh, no, I'm talking no, about the Harkonnen. Baron. Sorry, oh, the Baron. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were talking about the pet. Har- Har- Harkonnen's design is so good. It's yes. my favorite thing. In the movie. I like that. Like that. I guess the spinal thing is yeah. the anti gravity. Yeah. Was it clear to you guys that he has he has uh, like rocket shoes and that's yes. how he's floating? Well, I thought well, it was I the thing on his spine. Also, Batista. Who's like, well, it's cool that like it's it's a dress that comes up like that. That is so like yeah. unnerving. Yeah, uh, Batista. I totally forgot Batista, about Batista, who's like Belnoob's guy. Yeah, he's he like Belnoob and Brolin. But I was I was every time Batista's in an interview, he's always hyping up Belnoob. Yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting it's for so uh, that for that's a Perry. for Batista and Momoa to face off, and, uh, and that doesn't happen. I guess I, that's I why they do it in there. But I think yeah, Batista is, is slowly coming up there on the the best of the three wrestling actor guys. Oh, for sure. Oh, obviously, yeah. I, I think I think Cena has some. I mean, Dwayne the Rock. He's just like a Disney. <laughs> no, no but, crutch. but Cena has some really good comic timing in a way that yeah. uh, I really like. But like Batista's an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Batista's Batista doing. But stuff. Batista comes out yeah. and has three scenes and is threatening. Like yeah. he is, yeah. and he transforms Formidable. his look. Yeah. Like he's an actor. He's <laughs> willing to do stuff. stuff that the other two aren't. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dan, and what's he's your made opinion? it very clear that he wants to be an actor. Uh, I think it's unfair to rate this right now. Um, I'm not gonna dude. give it a ri- half rating. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad at myself for saying this, but I think right now it's like a like a. 6.5 contortionist spider ladies out of like 10. Hey, that's the same as my rating. Hey, but, but like not, I, I, I do like the the movie. It's just I, I'm not like biting at the bit to watch it. It's also half mm. of an arc. Yeah. It's, yeah. The movie is half done. I like love the said. world. I, I love the world of Dune. Yeah. That's that's always going to be the pull. Where are the lightsabers? Dan. I'll give it um, four and a half of the seven minutes Zendaya has uh, on screen. Wow! And um, you know, yeah, I, I, like I said, if there is a part two, I'll go see it. Um, you know, but I think like I'm, I'm prepared for the exactly the outcome you said, Dan, where it's like I get to the end of the story and I'm like, 
That's right. Dune. That's yeah, Dune. That's all it was. Dune. Yeah. He was Jesus cool. He was <laughs> Jesus the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe the real Jesus is the friends we made along the way. Yeah. And uh, on that note, <laughs> that's what the Holy Mountain is about. The, uh, honestly, maybe the real companies Jesus that we scammed out of millions of dollars. <laughs> <along the way. laughs> Put your money into this fiery pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll take our Let's second break. Fucking you And come back to talk about Oro. movie you think is one of the greatest movies ever made he like calls an intern in mm. and he's like hey do you think only god forgives is one of the greatest movies ever made and the intern's like no and he's like exactly <laughs> refit is a is a character we're, we're talking about uh yodorowsky's dune mm. which obviously opens with a winding ref and the guy who did drive and not a lot of other memorable stuff uh, uh excuse me he it. did neon demon which oh, is a good movie. a movie i never saw <laughs> but, but uh he movie. he opens it um, basically mythologizing this uh, adaptation of Dune by Alejandro Jodorowsky, who is a very heady, very psychedelic uh, guy with mm-hmm. a weird style that's kind of disgusting and beautiful at the same time, but ultimately manic, ultimately kind of self-obsessed, mm. I guess, egocentric. Uh, most, most, mm-hmm. most definitely. He's always playing God. Mm. Um, yeah, or goddess figure. Yeah. But this, this is a a famous movie, like unmade movie in that it united a lot of uh, creative visionaries who went on to do more interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Without Yodorowsky's Dune, um, Scott's Alien would not have turned out the You're way right. it did. Right. Uh, and, you know, they, they imply that like a lot of like Spielberg movies kind of took from the unused concept mm-hmm. art and storyboards and stuff. Yeah, um, they suggest that the lineage is... is uh, that the lineage is Alien, Blade Runner, Matrix, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that, like, you look at the storyboards of some of the sword fighting and George yeah, Lucas yeah. pulled that for Star Wars. Yeah. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, actually, that's pretty damning. Uh, yeah. the, the Yodorowsky storyboard coming out of the temple mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, I don't know. How are we going to do this? Are we going to do talk about both of them in tandem to each other? Uh, yeah, Dan. Oh, I mean, you're I- totally right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we skipped over. Okay, so <laughs> I wanted for this episode to us to talk about the holy mountain it kind of gives us uh like a some background a background right some context for who yudorowski is as a creative mm-hmm. um and then talk about how he wanted like 50 billion dollars to, to make a dune, dune movie an eight hour dune movie that was all <laughs> gonna go towards salvador deli and orson wells and like just the just, just really a bizarre yeah. corner of how how long until history. that yudorowski storyboard gets released uh as a book I think it is. I'm surprised it has. I think it no, is. I don't think it has been yet. Are you sure? Yeah. It, I think. Well, it he is. did it as comics. Yeah. That's what the documentary says: is that okay. he 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 basically siphoned it off into yeah. comics with uh with Mo- Mobius. Which Mobius. which my my buddy uh, Pat who who listens to this podcast uh has like he has the coffee table version of oh yeah those comics. No, of the of the comics that uh he did with Mobius, but I don't think the wow. actual storyboard has been. Uh, I'm, I just looked; it hasn't been released yet. Yeah. Mm. Which it will be, I'm sure. Very it soon. is so psychedelic, man. Mm. He he is. He did really, not read the book. I know, but but <laughs> someone told him that it would be a good outlet to make an ayahuasca fueled yeah. fucking just druggy experience. Yeah. I mean, and and he he was really committed. 
but yeah. but Yodorowsky is is a pretty eccentric guy. He yeah. uh, has a background in theater, mm-hmm. and then went into filmmaking, basically having no concept of of what it entails. Just on a whim, really. What cinematic storytelling as a medium really would would do for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first movie is uh, Fando and Louise, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of like. Um, a surreal like art house three stooges thing Mm. uh that has pretty great visuals and stuff but but is uh just weird um and kind of aimless you know his stuff is all kind of aimless you know it's i mean this is i guess the first episode that we're we'll be more talking about a filmmaker than a specific film they're making because we're doing two but the thing that hit me about yodorowsky while watching the holy mountain which is a movie that i think visually like dune uh like Valnu's Doom, I was like visually knocked out by. It has some of the best sets I've ever seen. It has Very striking sets. Striking sets when people are stabbed, they like bleed like paint. Mm-hmm. I or thought it birds. was birds. And right. I and I and I and I loved like I was watching, I was like, I would rewatch this just for the visuals. Yeah. Um but as a <laughs> I texted Dan uh, about halfway through the movie and I said, Dan, so does this movie ever come to a point? And Dan was like, <laughs> no. Why does a movie need a point? Why, why does it need a point? And, and, and I mean, I, his whole thing <laughs> is just aimless, like like ayahuasca fueled like madness. And I know. For, and for that, I know. It's well, awesome. And it well, makes and it makes and it makes but it makes watching the actual experience of watching the movie difficult. Agonizing right. in well, my he, opinion. He, <laughs> go ahead, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Justin, go ahead. I was well, here's the thing. I think that first of all, the movie does have a point. It just takes a long time to get to it. What is the, point? the point is that when he, you know, when he comes to the end of it and he's like zoom back camera and he's talking yeah, yeah. about how, you know, basically that uh, I guess we need to come the together as a people. And that, that not only that film is transportive, but that the 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 ideas we have about immortality or a purpose of life are are fictional and that we can create them ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I guess is the idea. Sure. So like we can be the nine immortals at the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and now we need to leave the movie and come down and, and make it real life. That comes at the last two minutes of the movie. Okay. And yeah. prior I to agree. that, it's like, I've conquered the mountain horizontally. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. And then they, they and all, they're all like, Hey, it's the movie. uh, When the movie movie began, like, I only had a vague understanding of it, and I'm seeing this guy, and I'm like, okay, so they're doing, like, a, you know, like a white Jesus thing. Well, 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 there there is, um, I mean, the the whole commodification of, like, Christ's image and stuff, that is is all very engaging. in the first, like, 30 minutes. And that's fascinating. You know what? You know what my thing about this movie, Dan, is that there are... I want to say I wrote a 20-page paper on this, and (laughs) it was grueling. It was grueling. It was all about... I'm sure it could have been longer. The production and um, I mean there are crazy stories about yeah. but you, the so making of that was a cult. All the actors and crew yeah. they lived communally with him. He was their cult leader. And Makes one hundred percent ayahuasca together while they were making the movie every day. You know what's funny about this, Dan, is I remember uh, uh, in the episode one of this season you were talking about how you you hate when people like see something creative and they're like, oh, it must have been on drugs. drugs. <laughs> in this case, they this literally yeah, in were. This case, yeah. So so so. so there, there are moments of this movie, Dan, where I'm watching it and I'm like, there's there's essentially a series of short films that are the second act of this film yeah, where yeah. they go through all the, the members of the, the Zodiac. Vignettes, yeah. And the vignettes. And I was so fascinated by some of them and some of them I had no, oh my God, oh my God, I had yeah. no interest in. They were like the one with... The planet <laughs> where he feels the, the old woman's vagina. I love uh, it. Vagina it's so weird. So weird. <laughs> uh, but, and then there's one that, that Justin texted me to warn me about, but I already passed it, oh, where the, Saturn the boys one. are getting their... Uh, testicles pulled off right. uh, I thought that was so fascinating uh-huh. and then there were ones that I just didn't give 
a fuck about. Like I was just like, whatever. He like, is let's so move on. Crazy. Um, <laughs> he, he is such a man. Also, loves person. himself just a naked, just an ass naked yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. And man, and man, dude, just there naked was a scene. Peoples. I was, I almost texted George y'all. Harrison, one of the members of the Beatles, I know. was supposed to be the main character, and <laughs> Yodorowsky told him, "We will see your asshole in this movie." And he was exactly like, was and he was about. like, "Can can we cut that? Can we maybe not do that?" And he was like, "No, this is art. This is my art. Dude. We will not be cutting anything." I think, <laughs> he could have had one of the Beatles as the star of the Holy Mountain, but. He he had to show his asshole. Yodorovsky <laughs> could not bend on showing his asshole. And so now, fucking George Harrison is not the... Could you imagine how crazy that would be if one of the Beatles was the star of this movie? Yeah. It may have kept the Beatles together. They might still be together right yeah. now. John Lennon was a huge Yodorovsky. Yeah. John Lennon loved John Lennon uh, and Yoko Ono put yeah. the money for they it. Loved Can you imagine them going to set and... Putting their hands on their hips and them and all being, being like, high yeah. on ayahuasca <laughs> and rolling around. Looks, everything looks good here. Like, like, this is very good. <laughs> Some <laughs> of the set moving. design is crazy. It's all inspired by like tarot cards in, in a, the alchemists. The al- I'm gonna say it's a temple. It uh, looks like the, a temple. The Christ stand in. Oh, the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he goes into a temple and um, what? I'm not talking about the actually. By have the way, a, when they have like 50 Jesuses. Right, he's like the Jesus. Well, that's where the commodification part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, Um, I thought that was so funny. I have a the most striking set in the whole thing is probably the rainbow rainbow. hallway leading up to the Alchemist. I have a poster for the Holy Mountain in my room. Of course you do. (laughs) I do, and and that's that's the the shot. They put the 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 score for the film has that image on the vinyl cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, but when he actually goes and and is being uh. He's not getting trained by the alchemist. He's being chastened, kind of, and like disciplined. He, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that's all based on tarot cards. Okay. Like, like all the shots in that sequence. Like, like you'll notice they're positioned strangely with like daggers and animals uh-huh. and things like that. And Yodorowsky was a, a tarot reader. Okay. So his whole thing was like a tarot card aesthetic. And, right, and right. when you actually put those shots, like in my paper, I, I used a bunch of that. Like. Those shots next to actual tarot cards, you can see like mm-hmm. where where the compositions and stuff are, are coming from. It's very interesting. He's a very interesting filmmaker. He's he's an interesting filmmaker, and I'm sure someone has unpacked how he feels about women at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to, I, I don't even feel like I have the range for that. But there there are moments. I think whole, searching for meaning kind of ruins him. To, no, to I, I don't even mean that. I mean like like <laughs> <laughs> just the way he talks about. I mean, we're we're going between these two things. Oh, the way yeah. he talks about Dune, yeah, and the fact that you have to uh, trigger when you have to like rape Frank Herbert uh-huh. to get Dune. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like what do you say? He says when you when you when you marry a woman, you you can't respect her. You have to to take her, you have to rape her in order to. And I was like, dude, a a terrible terrible analogy, terrible way to think about it. And B, you didn't read the book. What do you mean? But also, the whole point of Dune is that like you don't need to be living in like. A green wonder mm. land. You can you can make it work. You uh, can live off the minimal. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And and his whole thing was Dune becomes like a big green planet. Uh, that's, right. It's like a big green. I mean, can we? At the end can, of the other can, treatment? Yeah, I think like his Dune would have been pretty incomprehensible, right? Yeah. it would have been the Holy Mountain. It, it yeah. also would have. It <laughs> also you, you would have. You have to be high to. to and, get and, in all seriousness, though, it would have also changed. Science fiction. No, absolutely. It would, no, it, totally I mean, science fiction in the last fifty years would have been uh, completely, completely different. different yeah. It would. It, we would have. We probably wouldn't have gotten Star Wars. At least not the way we gotten it. Uh, Dune might actually be 
what people are referencing the way that when people reference yeah. visually Star Wars and they reference but visually Alien. St- Star Wars is very digestible, and Yodorowsky's but not. Have, have you read about you, Dan? You need to read. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. There's a great cultural history that was written a couple of years ago about the creation of Star Wars, and the first half is literally just the, the, the making of the original trilogy. Mm. And if you read or and I think I, IDW just did a treatment, a, a comic book treatment of it. If you read Lucas's original scripts for Star Wars, they're incomprehensible. Mm. They're, they are like Dune. I believe it. They're, they're, it's like, what, what do you, the mythology doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but Lucas could be reined in, and, and Yodorowsky's one of That's those probably artists true. who can't be. dips yeah. out as soon as you try and rein yeah, in. He won't That's compromise at all. You don't think Yodorowsky's going to make uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 4? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were uh, penning him for the next Shang-Chi, though, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we that sounds help. good. That sounds good. He'd be that interesting for a Doctor Strange movie. That's right uh, up his alley. <laughs> he would probably make a great Doctor Strange movie. He doesn't make movies. No, he doesn't. The, these are not movies. These are exhibits. These are, these yes, are, yeah. he's filming that's like museum exhibits, I think. That's actually a really good way to think That's how, it. I, that's like, you know, he, I was just looking up some of the, the financial information. So he filmed this on a budget of $750,000 so in 1973, insane. which for inflation is something around $4 million. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he made. On a box office reissue is what Wikipedia has ninety five thousand. This is a midnight favorite as far as like midnight movies go. This is always but somehow see quad. This is in all the art house. Um, what what do you call that? Uh, Revival houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Mountain is very popular. But but, but somehow this is the movie that Topo's more of a movie. This is the movie that convinced that producer to say, I'll give you money to make anything yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> because, because you know what it is, Justin? It's that it's, it's so, it holds your attention. I, I mean, maybe not for everybody, but for me, I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Like, it absolutely holds my it, attention. It, it's like I seeing, this. I think I enjoyed it more than you, Justin, but it's like, there are moments where I was definitely like, okay, let's move this along. But there, there are moments where I'm watching the movie and I'm like, this is like looking at a pink horse. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen a pink horse before. <laughs> so, pink horse is like tap dancing down the street. <laughs> yeah, there is and I'm like, what like is going on? Movie. I gotta follow that horse. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, fair enough. But I felt like I was being screamed at for two hours. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, but um, that's a, that's a good point. It is like I can see it being this total novelty, especially in the early yeah. 1970s, that would attract the, an eccentric producer to be like, I like your style. Exactly. Like, any, you know, what I do you want to do? I wish that the Yodorowsky approach was like more popular. Like I think it's way more interesting than like you the get vast majority. Uh, party drugs Fuck and then yeah. film a movie? Well, I'm not you, even talking about that. You I, mean like I, Climax? I'm, I mean more in that a movie can be a smorgasbord of weird ideas and, and approaches that are no. kind of blended together into something I mean, totally Wes Anderson unique. does that. No, he doesn't. No, I, well, not. here's, he well, here's, does here's where I'm going to say the thing that I don't know if Dan will be upset about. What I texted you is that the the only movie that I could even remotely like Wes relate this to... Wes Anderson stuff is digestible. Yeah, uh, I think. But uh, is Mother... I was thinking okay. about mother while I was watching this, and I and and I want you guys to know that if you ever bring mother on this show, that will be my last show here. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I'm not saying I'm a fan of mother, but the I mean, obviously there's I don't the hate re- that movie. there's the re- oh okay I I guess I got it backwards because I thought you didn't like it at all. I I, I think it's like fine. I I hated the way uh, what's that guy's name. Aronofsky. I hated the way oh, Aronofsky kept doing interviews and like explaining the shit out of it. Yeah. Like, dude, let people figure. Mother it out is kind of like a man, a man getting uh, onto uh, like on sixty millimeter film with an open Bible and just kind of masturbating <laughs> into the Bible mm-hmm. for two and a half hours, and then yes. at the end, uh, it starts over again. <laughs> this is like a brief like review of Mother, I guess. But like, if a real artist 
does not think his audience is stupid. He doesn't sure. need to explain the yeah. movie he, he, at every chance sure, yeah. he gets. I mean, yeah. be a Chad, dude. Be David Lynch. <laughs> oh, they're smart enough. The movie to does it the out. talking, but yeah. uh, but the reason it, it reminded me is not only because of the of the pseudo you know Christian connection, but also like specifically that sequence after mother bears the child and then everything in the house starts going mm-hmm. crazy, like like surrealist nightmare. Yeah, yeah, several sequences in this reminded me of that. Um, of course, the stuff with the frogs and the and the lizards, like it's maybe that, the most surreal movie ever made. That's I possible. Can't, I can't think of anything the, more the, surreal than Holy Mountain. You know that all the animals on this set were abused. Oh yeah, I, sure. uh, yeah. Oh, I was. I felt so bad. I texted Dan when the frogs got the blood on them. Every actor was. A I felt <laughs> so bad. Yeah. The, no, but specifically the frogs when they explode and they fly away. I was like, oh no, not the frogs, man. I mean, it. it yeah, it's. Um, there are definitely there's this fascination with like all these different kinds of animals in a sort of like Edenic kind of and, way, and I guess. Disgusting imagery that Yodorowski is like trying to convince you is beautiful, but like the guy taking his glass eyeball out and giving it to the child prostitute. Yeah. Like that scene is has this atmosphere of like beauty there's so disgusting yeah there's a there's a mysticism to it also can we talk about this chimpanzee who's probably the best actor in the movie how did they get this chimpanzee to sit in lotus position just keeps showing up in in the background of shots i was like this chimpanzee must have killed at least one actor yeah he ripped some faces do you guys remember god forgive me we can cut this out if you want uh, do you guys remember that poor woman? Yes. Got her face ripped she was off by the chimp? It. She was fucking with the chimp. Dan, she, the chimp ripped her face <laughs> off. She, she was fucking with it. But, she was but being, wasn't she it was like, like it's te- his, her, the chimp's teacher? Like it's ASL teacher? That's what I remember. <laughs> I, I think she was the carer, but like it, it but came she, out that she that she was like pushing the chimp. And it took uh, and it took uh, 10 shots to take the chimp it's down. It's a wild animal. Yeah. I, and then Only that so chimp went on to star in Holy Mountain. The was like you are my spiritual warrior. warrior yeah, yeah. spiritual warriors that rip faces off the wind. <laughs> I uh, mean, it, it is like you know, like you said, his dune would have been the holy mountain. But literally, when you're watching the documentary, the way that he's describing going about finding the crew uh-huh. is the exact process yes. of holy mountain. He did holy mountain. Yeah, he's collecting these people, and he's and making. They were them. living together, like they like like. Dan O'Bannon and um, I forget, the uh, Mobius. Mobius, yeah. They were all living together like the cast and crew of Holy Mountain. That's they so were living wild. communally. So yeah. every time he made a movie, and they imagine if that kind of set a precedent to where an auteur director would have to like house and feed like everyone who's working on the movie for like like imagine if I cool. was if like you were my DP on something yeah. for example, and I paid your rent for like two years. I would love it. <laughs> because we were working because we were working that was on what uh, you had to do because we were working the on uh, uh, the Batman mm-hmm. 3 together yeah you know. and if his Dune got made and it was and people liked it I mean I don't know well, how like that would have been well, the precedent but, but you know what have been you're absolutely correct it's actually a really fun thought exercise to think through what would have happened and not happened if his Dune had hit because if his Dune had hit there's totally a parallel universe there's a parallel universe where science fiction I know we said it before but genre filmmaking is different yeah like like we, we don't think about it, but you take George Lucas out and swap him for someone else, yeah. genre filmmaking changes. Mm-hmm. Everything is Star Wars. Like, the MCU <laughs> yeah. is Star Wars. Yeah. It's, so, imagine if you just, just you know, <laughs> butterfly you imagine, like, yeah, like a Yodorowsky-inspired MCU. Oh, I mean, it's it'd it, be more... Doctor uh, Strange would be the Dynamic, for sure. Well, yeah. well genre like, stuff would have this precedent that, like, you have to be on mind-altering substances. Yeah. And, like, times. make no mistake, I mean, genre enthusiasts, like, it's fun to get drunk and watch horror movies, yeah. but, like, imagine if the recommended viewing method for an MCU movie was, like, 
Imagine if they handed out uh, little, little packets of DMC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in baggies when you bought your ticket at the theater. Like just there would be a lot a of deaths in the nineties when everything got over, sure. and then there'd be a, a movement that was reacting against that. I like to yeah. think that uh, you know, and I know neither of you maybe watched this series that religiously, so I'm going to go left a bit. But there was a what if episode. Uh, where they talk about yeah, like I watched like five or six of those. I watched the Doctor Strange episode where they talk That's about episode, absolute yeah. points in time that can't be changed. Mm-hmm. I like to think that like the Spawn movie was an absolute <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. I was about <laughs> to say <laughs> that like High Life wouldn't have changed. <laughs> Claire Denis is going to make High Life. <laughs> <laughs> like you go to the yeah theaters in the '90s. Spawn is still pretty Spawn. Uh, psychedelic in its own right. It would have um, been. It would have been interesting. I mean, it, it's a universe inter- where Yodorowsky is a household name. It, mm. it would have been interesting. I mean, I, I, it's like it's like a fool's errand, but it's more fun yeah. than the remake game. You know Definitely. what I mean? Yeah. Like, what I will say about his designs. I mean, you can totally see that they are Yodorowsky inspired designs. Dude, I mean, the, the ship with the z with the purple and yellow like zebra, mm. and you can kind of justify it in your mind as well. Maybe that's how if you see something in deep space, you, you don't mistake it for like a crater or whatever. You know that that's another mm-hmm. commercial airship well, because it has this intricate, crazy design like no other sci-fi has certainly ships things. with designs like that, and it makes sense. The, the ships in space have crazy, intricate. It designs would have to uh, well, well, to be noticeable. You you know that that they're pulling stuff from the Yodorowsky, if if no other reason but the but that the documentary is so famous now, uh, because the music choice, um, in the first trailer is taken from the the, the folks that Yodorowsky mm-hmm. wanted to score. Mm. Um, yeah, the the scene where Paul's getting yanked onto the ship by Brolin is a I, Mobius I, drawing. Yes, yes. I, I do love the idea. I mean, they mentioned this briefly, but it was such a great idea that each planet, like Caladan and Arrakis, like. Arrakis would have been, um, I think, Pink Floyd. Yeah, Caliban, scoring like, each planet differently. And each okay. band has like yeah. another band. In maybe that would have been so like expensive. Metal. No, absolutely. But uh, the David Lynch one is scored entirely by Toto. That's the true. band Toto. So that's he kind of Africa. Ran with that idea. Africa. Yeah. Well, that's a song. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's my only reference for Toto. I think um, I think that's like imagine making an epic and every location in your epic is scored by another like band. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I, I I guess the last thing I'll say, and I'm not wrapping this up because Succession starts soon, but that's certainly um, <laughs> is part of it. it. Yeah, um, imagine if you were asking and direct an episode of Succession, dude. Uh, uh, <laughs> but 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 I I I really do like. I always say this, even if I don't love the movie, which I think I, I really did like uh, Holy Mountain. Um, I think I like it too. I think uh, I like all of his. I mean, I, I own all of his movies. They're I, fucking interesting. I, I think if you make a movie that's interesting, yeah. that's such. You know how many movies right Are now I, that I, we talk about for twenty minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, I, I, I never back, think about it again. I yeah. come back to Holy Mountain more than I thought I would because the first time I watched it, I was like, I will never. It's it's how I think feel about Suspiria, the original yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, "This is what is this movie?" I've always loved the original Suspiria. I just but have to say that. that, that but I, uh, there's not a, like a week that goes by that I'm not at least thinking about something about Suspiria. I love Argento's Suspiria, dude. It, and I could watch that movie. I'll all be day. honest; I don't even remember watching Kong versus Godzilla no, this year. Not at but all. I but I remember. I will remember watching Holy Mountain. I just, I, I, just I just remember wanting to leave the theater in Shang Chi when they're singing karaoke. Yeah. Like that, that Does that happen in Shang Chi? First twenty minutes. Yeah. They, they're like, we don't want to grow up. We want to sing karaoke all day, and that's what they did. Interesting. And then they ride dragons at the end. I think I don't remember. That sounds like Dragon I don't Tales. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will not be watching Shang Chi. Uh, it's, it's fine. You just uh, you look it we'll up. Be, we'll be it back next really month with Eternals, boring. maybe. 
I'm see, you'll I'm be sure. back. I'll, 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 I'll be here by myself doing <laughs> Talking it. Talking about it. I'll be like, so guys, uh, the post credit scene, which is the only thing you guys care about. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this, um, and I, I think we won't do a rating for Yodorowski's Dune because we were kind of just talking about, I think maybe for mm-hmm. Holy Mountain is more appropriate to, to do our ratings, but... I think uh, as far as a documentary, it's pretty interesting, and I also think that it does do a good job, at least for me, I did feel, you know, a little bad for Yodorowsky, which yeah. I think is part of the point of the filmmakers. They wanted in, you to... I s- mean, in his age that he is now, he's still holding on to it, like, uh, all these years. Yeah, it's, it's well, you know what was interesting? They said, they said something, I think it was his son, maybe. I bad for Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, who who worked on uh, Alien, who pens the screenplay. Uh, Yodorowsky got him to sell all of his all belongings of his stuff. and moved <laughs> to Paris. Yeah. And then one day he was like, "Oh, uh, it's never over." Mind. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but but I but I think like um, I think it was it was it was whatever Crocodile Dundee dude was giving an interview in that uh, documentary. But he was saying like, when you have a story that's so big like yeah. that, you it yeah. can't stay in your head. You need to get it out somehow. And I think that's really like we see that a lot, you know. And I'm sure we know that as creatives, just independently, like yeah. we we might have been nursing something for years, yeah. and it's just like if I could find a way to, if you could find the exercise this from there. from within me, and it's cooking in you, it's yeah, feeling, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you know, I mean, hey, he got to produce some. He got back with his produ- uh, producer buddy uh, uh, Michelle Seydoux. Yeah, they worked on something recently, and uh, endless poetry. Yeah, and yeah. it premiered at, at Venice Film Festival, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, and is another interesting Yodorowsky one is Santa Sangre, which is a horror film. The dude's 92. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. a tank. And he looks good for 90. Yeah, yeah he he's a tank. So. He's moving through it. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm ready to, to give Holy Mountain a rating. Um, Wes, do you want to start again? Yeah. Um, let's see. We always forget our ratings right before we have to do the rating. So it's... It's immortal. Re- immortal. Yeah. Reanimate. Reanimate. I, I, Should I go? I you go first. This is your selection. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for a movie that is so like powerful within like cult circles, like like I, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with like jaded film people who, as soon as you bring up Yodorowsky, like they have so much to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a testament to art being unapproachable and mm-hmm. non-digestible and like that being what what lasts mm-hmm. that that being the everlasting approach so i mean just going off of that i mean superseding like how i personally feel about the movie which i do like it i'd probably give it a legendary <laughs> it is a legendary mm. or, or, or immortal, immortal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it is kind of immortal in those circles and like and like while you're watching it it feels so uh indescribable like like in, in the way that the most provocative art is for sure so that's yeah immortal for me immortal that w- that's a really good reason to do immortal too <laughs> um i think i'll i'll do a soft reanimate i'll do a real reanimate i think i don't know it was, it's a really interesting movie i i i don't know if i like all of it um which is not the i point. definitely don't like it's all not of the it. point of it <laughs> but but it actually it does a really good job of like reordering what we even think yeah. about modern film criticism sucks because it's, it does, it's essentially just adding and subtracting points yeah. on a board yeah. and not really having experience with the movie mm-hmm. which sounds pretentious but is the truth no, like but that is absolutely true like like whenever i see these um reactionary uh, like, like as soon as someone walked out of a theater they're already posting about dude. it like it's always adding and subtracting it, and, and, and that i didn't like this character i did like the imagery it, and, 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 and it's the result not to get into like a points. 
you know, and it's like it's the result of cinema sins and YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in some ways, that's totally been great, is. the democratizing of film criticism. Yeah. But in some ways, it's been like, dude, it's an experience. Yeah. And I feel like I had a, a weird and mm-hmm. wild experience and with And that this. was the point. And that's the point. Totally so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and reanimate it. Oh go my. ahead, Justin. No, 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 like no, no, no. Here we go. No, we no. We just talked about how much we love film, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, ah, oh, it's a solid. Uh. <laughs> no, um, uh, oh, I, I was killed to get Zach on this fucking episode, man. I, yeah, I, I was. I came here ready to bury this thing, sure. uh, uh, but I had a feeling it would happen because talking to my friends who love film <laughs> makes me feel better yeah. about film. Um, I'm I'm somewhere in between embalm and reanimate. That's cool. Uh, I think for me, I don't know if I would show this to someone, which is sometimes like a, a deciding factor for me. Like, if you know, I like a movie so much that I want to watch it again with somebody. Sometimes I'll recommend something to someone because I know that it'll shake them up. It'll 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 mess with them. Yeah, I mean, I think for this, it's like obviously there's beautiful visuals and disgusting visuals and disgusting visuals in a in, a, in kind of a spiral where they blend exactly. And and I, and I think you know. It can't just be the visuals alone, right? Because I could just right. look up stills on Google and be like, that's yeah. a cool shot from yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. So I think that's part of why maybe I'm leaning more towards Embalm because I don't know, like, as a film, what would bring me back to it. But yeah. there is a lot of, uh, there are some interesting sequences, some interesting ideas. I think that whole um, factory thing with the harem of <laughs> yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. So weird. That was when I was like, oh, this movie's like, do it. It's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I, I sat forward for that and then He's I like, realized I have he was, so many wives and I sleep with them only on work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I realized he was going to do that for everybody, part. and I was like, I sat back again. Um, but yeah, I think like definitely what y'all said is um, is crucial. That we watch so many movies all the time that are just gray, yeah. and not e- not even visually, but just like emotionally, mentally, they don't mm-hmm. do anything for you. Who right now in the field working is doing the Otherowski? You know, not we, many we, people. We have a million guys anywhere, who are really. trying to be Wes Anderson. We have a million copycat guys. Tarantinos. We have a million. We have a million Jordan Peels. Yes. Uh, And growing and counting. And growing. Uh, But, you know, yeah, I think, like, at the end of the day, this is is what the I hope our show is about and what it does for for listeners and even for us is, like, connecting movies that don't really get the spotlight to movies that are getting the spotlight, even if they aren't necessarily that similar, although there's a lot of psycho-religious stuff going on between both these movies. There's a lot Um, of Jesus in both of these movies. But that's what I, I, you know, I always want our conversations to, to be... To be conversations, not yeah. to be mm-hmm. ultimately just about like here's you know here's good film here nitpicking exactly. necessarily because you know that's that's what I hate about film criticism. Like yeah. My favorite film critic was always Roger Ebert, and mm. he would kind of put in these these personal touches. Like mm. he, he would connect a film um, to the experience of like riding a bike for the first time. Yeah, yeah. he always had these really beautiful uh, reactions that kind of humanized the act of critiquing a movie. Exactly, well, well, um, and that's what well, I also want us to do. I, I that's I, I was about to like I'm right on on your tail, Dan, in that way because I feel like someone explained film criticism as actually not it's not actually telling you whether or not to watch the movie right? no it's 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 framing the which is a whole, you know we're, we're we're early on this thing and hopefully we've begun to do that and we'll do it better later but like it's just framing the movie actually mm-hmm. it's saying this is how this is the reaction the movie had for me and this is the context of the movie that you need and this is yeah. what it reminds me of and here is what it is it's not cinema sense and recognizing I mean? by the film way criticism can be a mood piece like a movie is a yeah piece. yeah I mean I've certainly written some some 
some critiques that have that have blurred the lines and haven't been exact. Once you realize there's no way to be unbiased, right. we right. all approach something with our own and preconceived no preconceptions. Good or bad, that yeah. doesn't exist. You know what the most depressing thing I heard? Maybe this can be the final thing we say on this episode <laughs> is uh, the Russo brothers went on um, Screen Junkies and said that they have written the way they write scripts. Their process is to make it. Honest trailers proof. Oh God! I did say that. And when I heard that, I was like, "What a boring way to make movies!" (laughs) Like, we're two grown men. Yeah. Yeah, Like, first of all, honest trailers. No one watches honest trailers, but nerds. Uh, I haven't watched it. And also, like, dude, who cares? Who cares? You're making a movie. You're making a movie, and if it's messy in some places or like the edges are sand, who cares? It doesn't matter. Something to be comedy proof. Like, you're afraid to do anything. Yeah, dude. Because, like, any choice you can make, someone can make a joke about. Dude. Of course. And then you can make a joke about it being boring. Like, yeah. your movie being exactly. one, one I love, color. like I said, like, look, I, I love Villeneuve, and I just kind of pooped on Dune a little bit. A yeah. small poop, not a big one. I, 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 think, still like I think Dune yeah. will, will grow in estimation uh, mm-hmm. with, with audiences. The no more, matter the more what, time it's happens. not going to be for everybody. No, yeah. but I think I think over time, it'll, I mean, people are already, it's already dividing audiences, which is a good sign, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's a tough, it's a tough little movie, and I think mm-hmm. like as people, scrappy film, and as people a scrappy film, but I think as people watch it, they'll 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 start to develop more in depth opinions. Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode. And by the time you're hearing it, uh, we're going to be right back because on Halloween, we're going to be Halloween Spooktacular! Special for you. We're going to be ripping on Rob Zombie, <laughs> David Gordon Green, you yeah. name it. John Carpenter, uh, we're going to bully you. <laughs> yeah, we're um, going to be fucking ripping Carpenter. <laughs> I hate that fucking guy. <laughs> um, we love y'all very we much. Did. Check out the back catalog when you can. Rate, review the show, and consider buying some of our merch because it's coming out real nice. Yes, it is. Until it is. Um, next time, we're going to Stop watching movies. Stop watching.